This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is your name? My name is Darren Bailey. Pleasure to be here. What is your primary role, would you say, in the line dance community? Hmm. I would say I'm dancer stroke choreographer or choreographer stroke dancer, whichever way you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. What is stroke? Stroke. Oh, stroke. Yes. Oh, like a slash. Yes. So it's okay. my accent. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. It's just I've never yes. heard that expression. Slash, yes. Yeah. Okay. Is that yeah. like a Welsh? I, d- I don't know. It's just a <laughs> stroke. Yeah. I've never heard it's of that. It's normal way. for me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess as mentioned, you are from abroad. Yes. Uh, is that where you began your, your line dance journey? Uh, yes. I started my line dancing in Wales, mm. being pulled along to a class by my father that I didn't want to go to. Mm. <laughs> as, uh, it's a similar story. There's, there's lots of people, I believe, uh, especially guys. Yes. Ruben, who, I think, said something yes. like that, dragged by his wife to a class. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's not something that you really you have in your mind that you want to tackle, but then once you go the first time, you're kind of hooked. Yeah. But mm-hmm. When was this? What? That all started in Wales about 20 years ago. I was about 16 years old. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you've been doing this a while. I've been doing it a long time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And at what point uh, in just the enjoyment of dancing did you start thinking, you know, I could probably teach this sort of thing? I never really thought I could be able, I've never thought I would be able to teach it. I just went along and there came a point where my teacher was ill one week and she kind of said to me, will you step on the stage and, and teach? And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. But then she said, well, prep you, prep you first. So she, I went to her house and she prepped me how to teach the dance. So I felt more, comf- more confident. Then I got up on the stage and kind of went through it and added a little bit of, you know, just myself into it. And I was like, oh, you know what? It's not too bad. And then people said, oh, you did a good job for your first teach. Maybe you should, you know, think about doing it again in the future. Like one dance every now and again. And that's how, like, teaching started for me. Yeah. Was there much of a line dance scene at the time? Yes, line dance. It was huge when I first started in the UK. We had classes of about 70, 80 um, wow. Just for the classes. And yeah, that was like a normal size class where I was from. Hmm. Yeah. Did you have a lot of peers in, in your area? N- well, it was difficult because a lot of the, the dancing around my area was from, I don't want to be nasty, but older, older people who are retired and were doing it for fun. Um, but there was a few youngsters like coming and going. So, mm-hmm. And at what point did you start thinking... Hmm, I like this song. If there isn't a dance to it already, maybe I should put something together. Yeah, it was like that all came from um, literally from just. Shall I wait a second? It's a lively atmosphere here today. Palm Springs winter break, 2018. People enjoying themselves, why not? Absolutely. No, I think the choreography came from. Just messing around with the dances. I felt comfortable with the dances, and I felt like, oh, maybe I could throw a turn in here, or maybe I could I could do this double time mm. or something. And in the end, I found out that you know I may as well just kind of create my own dance that I'm looking forward to enjoy dancing, mm. and that's how like choreography came around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And as a, a guy, did you feel like there were other other male choreographers? That, uh, that you could learn from? Or were you just looking at the entire spectrum from Joe to Rachel to you know, Rob to Pedro? Uh, when I first started, there were a few guys on the circuit that um, were kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really been on the, um, like the, the big circuit. I was just doing classes. And I went to a couple of bigger events. And I saw people like Rob Fowler and Roy Verdonk 
and Pedro Machado. And those guys were cool. And I thought, you know what? I kind of want to be like those guys. So then I just practiced a bit harder, added my own type of flair, which I saw they were doing. So I literally fed off what they were doing, really. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And have you collaborated with folks in, in choreography as well? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like to co- uh, collaborate with people with choreography because um, you kind of come up with something that you wouldn't have necessarily done on your own, mm-hmm. but kind of it, it can feel better sometimes when you do things with other people because you just gives it a different flavor a different feel and as long as you get on i think it's important to get on with the person that you're choreographing because it doesn't always work some people have clash of personalities and stuff but i've been lucky to everyone i've choreographed with so far i get on very well with so that helps a lot there are a few names that i've seen associated with yours on step sheets a number of times mm-hmm. are there any that you uh, that you find yourself uh, very easily gelling with yes for sure um, I got a couple of really good friends close friends that I enjoy choreographing with people like uh, Fred Whitehouse um, Roy Verdonk Danny Trapat Raymond Salamine Rob Fowler as well and like it, it does help if you get on with those guys because then you can kind of have banter when you're choreographing as well you can come up with some genuine new stuff as well so it does help yeah no, those guys I really enjoy working with mm-hmm. and is there an environment that makes it easier for you to come up with something new do, do you have a process that you follow like a you know a closed room or you know a, a couple glasses of water anything anything that uh, just makes the the process go smoothly for you uh, no I wouldn't say we have a process I would say it kind of we whenever we can meet up and it's usually at events and things like that because it's difficult because we're all working different events sometimes so when we do eventually hook up we're like oh you know we should go and work on a dance and it can be we can do it outside in the sun or we can do it inside in a closed room or in the hotel room it happens a lot when you're just having fun relaxing and like oh, this would be cool for an idea and like you just work off each other like that so it depends it's can be totally different circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I've seen of your dances, you know, country music, mm-hmm. slow, spooky dances, uh, really peppy, energetic dances. Do you find that you have uh, any uh, any any styles that you just keep coming back to that feel like you, that really speak your voice, even if there are a number of them? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I was explaining to someone the other night that. Um, it depends what type of mood I'm in as to what type of song I want to choreograph to because sometimes I can get up and I feel like you know I listen to a song and I think oh this would be great for a dance and just because I'm in that mood so I don't necessarily have a style of dance or a feel of dance that I prefer to choreograph and a lot of it depends on the music of course I, I think you have to choreograph to something that has either touched you genuinely or that you really enjoy dan- dancing to or moving to. Otherwise, it's just steps to music. Mm-hmm. Has there been one that you struggled with and just felt like you needed to put it on the back burner for a while and then come back to it? Anything that just really felt like a, a, a long uh, journey to get to the end of? Yeah, of course. There, there are several, but and there, there are those that you think you start off very quickly and, mm. and things kind of roll and you go okay I'm on a roll here and then you hit the, you hit like a brick wall and you're like oh man I just can't figure anything out nothing feels right so then you put it on the back burner and you, you let it rest for a while and you come back to it and then sometimes you think well, what was I doing with that you, even that doesn't feel good anymore so again you, you start from scratch mm. but you know what that happens all the time and then you get the dances of course that literally five minutes and you're done and just seems to die your body just does it for you and usually those are the ones that stick around though mm. yeah. 
Yeah, I've heard that if it's quick to create, then it'll be quick to learn and quick mm -hmm. to teach. It's true, it's because there's something more natural about it than a dance that takes a long time to figure out. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, if it's too tricky, then you think, oh, well, it's, it's so clever. They're going to get this part here. But instead, that's the part that frustrates them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's right. That, that does happen a lot. And that's why I think even if you've choreographed a dance quickly, I let it sit for a little bit and come back to it again and then try it again and go, oh, you know what? That does work. Mm. Or then, you're, no, I didn't like that step. So you can always work on it like that. Mm -hmm. Are there any dances that you are especially proud of that, um, that you feel were just you know, art pieces? I really, really like Witness that I choreographed with Fred. We were in Sweden together and someone had sent me that piece of music and I listened to it and I was like, oh, this is just a, a great piece of music. So I let Fred listen to it and he was like, dude, that's really cool. So we both like have generally had a really good feel for the, for the song. So we decided, you know, one way we've got some time off during the weekend, we'll crack on with it. And it just kind of fell together, even though it's a, a higher level dance. Mm -hmm. Still didn't take a lot of work and aid because it just kind of felt right what we were doing. Mm -hmm. That's good. And for somebody to have like your muscle mass and your strength, uh, you also move so gracefully. Did that take like specific training to, to be able to have all the little nuances? I wish I moved gracefully. <laughs> no, um, no, it's, yeah, well, in a way. It's just practice. Practice makes things perfect, and mm. nothing is ever perfect. You can get as close to it as you want to, mm. but it does take training. Yeah, to a certain level, you, if you get too involved in making things look perfect, then you kind of lose your personality mm. as well. So, but it does take, especially the more the softer stuff, the more softer or the balletic stuff or the contemporary stuff. It does help if you have a bit of background in training because mm. you learn how naturally your body moves a bit better. And a lot of the, the ladies have background in you know, ballet classes mm -hmm. and jazz and things like that. Uh, for the guys, who many of which you know, are coming out of country bars, have very little dance background, what would you recommend that they do to practice uh, you know, balance or form or anything like that? Uh, I would say, especially for the guys coming from the bar scene, it mm -hmm. does help to take lessons from as many different people as possible because you see how other people move and everybody moves slightly different. Mm -hmm. So even if you're coming out of the bar scene and you look around and you think, I'm moving different than everyone else, it doesn't matter because even the guys who, like myself, Fred, Danny, people like these, we've all had training, but we all still move differently, differently as well. But that all comes from gaining information from lots of different instructors. Mm -hmm. So I would say the best thing to do is go to different people, maybe get some tips off them, but then f figure it out for yourself, add your own little flavor to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are there any uh, instructors in particular that you would recommend? Because sometimes we can go to these events like Vegas, mm -hmm. you'll see how many people on the, the roster, how do you choose all those different classes. Uh, are there any can't-miss instructors who are going to have something that you can use that day and for the next six months? Yes, for sure. The one name that jumps out to me is Roy Verdunk mm. because coming from a competition background myself, he helped me a lot when I was competing. And something he does that is very good for everybody is he takes you and does something that looks good on your body. He doesn't try to make you look like anybody else. Mm -hmm. So I think that's very good. And it's also a talent to be able to do that, not to make and train people to look exactly the same, but so they still have their own, their own personality as well. So I would definitely say 
Roy Verdong is definitely one of those people that you should really, if you want to improve, have a word with Roy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Megan and I were fortunate enough to take a private with him in Vegas, and I think we both learned a lot. Cool. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't surprise me. He's a very knowledgeable person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how long have you known Roy? What I, is your relationship with Roy? Yeah, I, when I started dancing, um, I went straight into competition, like my first year, I went straight into competition. And I started winning competitions, and then I went to an event in Holland to compete. And I saw Roy and his dancers dance, and I was just blown away. I was like, wow, these guys are amazing. So I, I think about a year later, they came over to a competition in the UK as well. And I just got talking to Roy, and he said, you know what? You should come over for a weekend to Holland and just like experience what it's like at my club. I was like, okay, no problem. So I went over for one weekend. And ended up staying for about five years. That's after one weekend. I just didn't go home. I had a great time. And then Roy kind of took me under his wing. And I stayed with Roy all that time and stuff. And he, he let me teach at his dance school to learn my trade as well, how to teach. And he gave me all the tips on competition. So, yeah, Roy, Roy's been like a, a big brother to me. Hmm. Yeah, you, uh, you seem like you've spent a lot of time over in Europe. Uh, what, what, has your bit, what has your experience been in, with uh, teaching in different countries in Europe? Yeah, it, everywhere you go is slightly different, even over in the US. Um, but across Europe, what's difficult is sometimes humor is the hardest thing. Because especially trying to explain something humorous in a different language, it, it, it's just not going to come across. But... The good thing about line dance is a lot of terminology is the same. Mm. So a coaster step is a coaster step. A sailor step is a sailor step. No matter what country you're teaching in, people can still grasp that. Mm-hmm. So, and you kind of pick up the little, the most things that are different when you're teaching in different countries in Europe. It's just literally the counts mm. and directions. As long as you can pick that up, then everyone can, you can teach anywhere in Europe. Mm. And I know some places are even more country than here. They're still about the hats, the boots, all the, you know, the fringe and the leather. Where would you recommend uh, a person go to just have the full country line dance experience in Europe? Definitely France. Mm. Definitely France. France have a lot of big country events because they hire in a lot of big country artists as well. Mm. Usually the places that the big artists go from America is usually when they come to Europe, it's usually in France mm. for some reason. There's just an affiliation with French people and country music mm. that is cool. There's lots of country events and there's lots of country-only events as well that don't do the line dance stuff, but they just do the country. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you, if you like country music and you don't want to dance to pop, that, that's fine. Mm. Yeah. And when you take a dance on tour to the various events, how long do you keep it in your your top list to teach before you think, okay, I think everybody knows this one? Uh, This is a difficult question because it's changed over time. It's definitely changed over time. When I first started, you could go around teaching the same dance for two years in different countries. But now with the evolution of things like YouTube and things like that, you choreograph your dance, you put the step sheet up on, on any type of line dance website, and there's a video up instantly, and then people go and learn that dance. So sometimes you're only teaching your own dance for maybe three, four, maximum maybe six months these time, like these days, and then you have to move on to something different because everyone's learned it off the internet. Mm-hmm. And how often do you choreograph new dances? I try not to choreograph dances too often because 
it's very difficult to stay original instead of having the same steps over and over in your dances. So if you choreograph too many dances in a short space of time, sometimes you can look back and realize you've used the same step in like, a lot of those dances. So you try not to choreograph um, in big chunks, but it doesn't always work out like that. Especially if you've got a big section of um, events coming up that all want new dances, then you're kind of forced as a choreographer to choreograph dances to release new in every event mm -hmm. are you able to keep those from hitting the internet is there any way to request that those just stay at? yes the... you can do you can request when you teach at an event um, if they video it you can say please don't put it on YouTube not for a couple of weeks anyway until at least I've had the opportunity to get around and teach this for a while and also a lot of people hold back the step sheets now for a while before they upload it mm -hmm. um, which is a good thing because then people can download the step sheet learn it and then when you turn up they've already learned your dance to teach right. um, but the drawback of that is sometimes other people can choreograph and release this step sheet when you've already been teaching yours but you just haven't publicized it right so that's a little bit tricky and you can lose eight sometimes on that but it's the only way you can really stop things from going like over on the internet mm -hmm. yeah that can be frustrating when when uh, you you have something and you're all set you're like waiting on feedback or something and then somebody else puts theirs out, like well do i put it out now or do i like yield to them because they came first like it's hard, hard to know. Yeah, th that's a tough subject. And lots of, people, lots of people will always say, you should just put yours out there anyway. Mm. But on the other hand is, we're all supposed to be friends and family. Right. And you never want to be fighting friends and family to get your dance out there. So I think there's a bit of um, give and take. Sometimes you can ask the other choreographer if you've already choreographed yours and taught it. You can say, listen, I've already choreographed it. Do you mind if I release it because I've already been, already been teaching it around rather than pulling it and other times you'll get in contact with someone and you'll say um, I'm going to pull my dance because you've released yours and so on so it's just literally communication is the key and I've also heard that like if you have a a beginner dance and somebody else comes up with an intermediate dance like there's no conflict there it's just a floor split how many is too many uh, for a single song because Can't Stop the Feeling came out and then there were like 40 different dances to mm -hmm. it I'm sure that's happened with Wagon Wheel and Country Girl Shake It For Me things like that uh, I, I, after what point is it just like that's kind of a lot of dances yeah I, I don't know it's different for everybody but yeah. I have um I'm a little OCD, mm. so floor spits drive me mad. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just, just something visual. And I understand why people do floor splits, because especially for different levels, mm -hmm. that's fine. But still, because I'm OCD, something makes me twitch when I see people going different ways on dance floors. It feels uncomfortable for me. Mm. <laughs> now that you're in the States, where are some places that you're looking forward to seeing? Uh, I'm looking for well, I'm looking forward to just traveling and seeing as much of the US as I can. Mm -hmm. Like we're in Palm Springs at the moment, first time I've been here and it's, it's beautiful. And so I hope, I hope I get the chance to travel around and teach at different events and also actually take in a lot of the country rather than just being inside the ballroom the whole time is to get out and see some of the country which I'm really looking forward to. And this may be a big question, but what can you tell me about a certain Amy Glass Bailey? <clears throat> Uh, whew, okay. <laughs> Got to be careful. She's going to hear this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. She, she's beautiful. She's, um, she's helped me a lot um, grow as a person as well because I realized 
when I'm with her how genuine and how honest and kind that she is and that's what really drew me to her in the first place and no matter how good a person you think you are I find that when I see Amy interact with people and smiling all the time and I'm like man I could be I could be better at this I could be more like Amy but so she's really helped me in those aspects yes are there any things that she helps you remember as an instructor and choreographer or or things to uh to consider in in the dances that you're putting together that maybe you wouldn't have thought of? Uh, Any style of hers? Yes, because sometimes I choreograph more for things that I would enjoy myself. Mm. And sometimes Amy will remind me that it's not just myself that's going to be dancing these dances, but it's other people as well. So it kind of like opens my mind to that, whereas I like to choreograph something that I will enjoy to dance. Mm-hmm. But now Amy's going to be thinking, oh, I need to think maybe of other people, are other people going to be able to struggle with this or not? So, mm-hmm. Speaking of dances that you enjoy, are there any that, that you especially like that you would like the rest of us to learn, like the classics? The other night we were doing Beethoven's Boogie, mm-hmm. and... You, me, and, and Megan were all out there. I thought, like, oh, more people need to know this dance. Are there any others that maybe you saw in Europe that just haven't made their mm-hmm. way over or classics from 20 years ago that we need to start learning and yeah. reteaching? Yeah. I know there's two that spring, to, spring out to me. And mm-hmm. um, one people probably know already, which is The Beast. Oh, yeah. Which um, is, a, is a classic. Another one that doesn't get a lot of airtime, so to speak, or publicity is a dance that I learned when I first started, which is called Ain't Going Down, mm. as well, which is, I think is such a cool dance, and it's such a great piece of music by Garth Brooks. I would love for people to start learning that one and bring that one back, because it's one of those that um, has a great energy about it. Mm. Ain't Going Down. Are there any in the last few years, by perhaps any of your contemporaries, that have just been overlooked or not taught enough. Like I was looking up uh, on Copernob dances uh, of yours, and I saw Electrisk. I'm like, I had no idea Darren was mm-hmm. part of Electrisk. I love Electrisk. And after Roy taught it in Vegas, and you know, did it at Wine Country Line Dance, I never really saw it anywhere. I thought that's mm-hmm. such a fun mm-hmm. dance. Get the arm motions. Like, what has been overlooked or missed that we we should take another look at? You know, I can't think of specific dances at this moment in time but I know it does happen a lot Mm. and it's because things move on so quickly these days that a lot of great dances like get put on the back burner because there's something new out Mm. and unfortunately a lot of like really good dances fall by the wayside that way but there's so too many to kind of mention because it happens a lot these days Mm -hmm. I can see that all right a couple final questions before we all head back into the ballroom Uh, if you had a giant billboard let's say or just a uh, a way to impart a message to all of line dance planet that we are mm-hmm. on. Uh, what would you want to say to everybody? What, what's something that you would want everyone to see and to think about and maybe consider doing or changing? Just a big message for everybody in the line dance world. It would definitely be something that I've always used and it's kind of like a, a motto of mine. And, and you'll see it on the, on the bottom of my step sheets as well. It's just live to love, dance to express. Because we all have issues outside of uh, the ballroom in the real life. But when we come into the ballroom, it doesn't matter anymore. So live to love and then we can express what we're feeling in the dance fo- the, on the dance floor. And that's it. And uh, final question. What dance do you think everyone should go learn right now? Uh, I think can't walk away. Oh. We have, uh, we have visitors to the podcast, <laughs> uh, attendees of Palm Springs Winter Break. Thank you for dancing with us this weekend. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah, I would say a dance that I've really enjoyed doing late, and this isn't to 
to kick to kiss you or anything like that. <laughs> I've really enjoyed Can't Walk Away. Your Thank name you Can't so Walk much. Away. And I hope that it gets as much publicity as it deserves. Yeah. Oh, I very much appreciate that. No problem. It's totally honest. Totally honest. Yes. And uh, right after we conclude here, we have another a dance teach coming up. I want to spoon. Yes, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Yeah, <laughs> that one's to By the Light of the Silvery Moon by Doris Day. I'm looking forward to teaching it. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for sitting down with me here at uh, Lion Dance Podcast. No problem. Thank you for your, thank you for your time. I'll see you on okay. the dance floor. Awesome.